Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Great Northeast BJJ podcast. In this episode, the Riddler and I were joined by the Panda family, Nelson, Hillary, and Leo. It's likely you already know Nelson and Hillary. They're both BJJ black belts, world travelers, and owners of Inverted Gear, small BJJ lifestyle brand making high-quality, affordable apparel. They also recently have become parents. Leo is the man, but he was clearly not impressed with my shenanigans or the Great Northeast BJJ podcast. He's obviously a smart kid. I think this was his first podcast, and as soon as he's talking, we'll get him back on for another episode. So we talked about White Belt Wednesday, being new parents, running a gi company, competition strategy, traveling, George's legendary tour of the seacoast. I think the Riddler even bought a gi. Make sure you guys go check out the website, invertedgear.com. They obviously have tons of really cool gis and no gi stuff for sale, but they also have a bunch of information on their blog. They got categories like jujitsu advice, fitness and mobility, and meet the pandas, which are short interviews with the people that make up Panda Nation. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Tortuga Soap. All kinds of things to keep you looking and smelling good. You can buy it all at tortugasoap.com. Port City BJJ, home of the Great Northeast BJJ podcast. If you're ever in the Portsmouth, New Hampshire area, make sure you come check us out. BJJ Prehab. If you're a grappler, I got bad news for you. You're probably injured right now or you're going to be. So make sure you check out BJJ Prehab and uh, these guys will keep you on the mat. Enter the discount code TORTUGA and you'll get your first month free. Also brought to you by We Are Dapper Ties. Quality knit ties at an affordable price. Go buy some ties. Enter the discount code ROLL. You'll get free shipping. WeAreDapperTies.com And a huge shout out to BJJ in Paradise. You've heard us talk about this on the podcast a ton. It's going to be April 8th to April 13th next year, 2019. You don't want to miss this. Registration is open. There's only 30 spots, so you better sign up soon at BJJinParadise.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really do appreciate the support. Thanks to the Pandas for visiting. We'll see you guys all soon. Peace. Riddler, you get a mic too, you know. One, two, three. Hello, Riddler. Uh, you would you like me to, to ask should. questions? Yeah. You, you should. I usually get them upset. No, you talk. do not get me upset. I don't think. Rolling. Oh. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to the barn, Nelson. What's up, guest? Inverted Gear Podcast, the Panda Podcast. How many times do you think have you been on this podcast? Maybe the fourth time, I think. Yeah. You got to eat the mic. Got to eat it. Yeah. Eat it. Like Get a up sandwich. Like Get a lobster. Yes. Nelson got the twin lobster, one and a half pounders. Good call. I was all up in there. <laughs> Good call. You know what happened, though? So they brought out, they brought Nelson a whole plate full of lemons. Yes. Was, was that racist, do you think? Were they just being no. racist? He's no. like, like, this guy's tropical. <laughs> like, yeah, he loves, <laughs> he loves lemons. It was like a whole bowl full of lemons. 
But what it really was, and he so he was waiting for his side that he ordered. Summer squash. Summer squash. <laughs> Another good call. But it happened to look like lemons. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I was trying to squeeze summer squash. I was like, this lemon dry. <laughs> <laughs> and he said it to me, and I was like, weird, because I thought those were lemons too. And I was like, why did they bring him a bowl full of lemons? Yeah. Meanwhile, our wives were like, you guys are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get any real lemons? Yeah, we, we we got there. So you went with the whole the whole New England thing. You got the butter, you got the lemon. Did they give yeah. you a bib? Did you get the yeah. bib? Oh, I was all bibbed up. I got a picture. I got a bib picture. Listen, Nelson and Hillary got the whole and Leo got the the whole George tour. It was it was epic. Epic tour. Started in downtown Portsmouth. Unfortunately, at the whale wall, that is a pale shadow of what ooh, of what it once was. It, it has some better years. Yeah, and then we we went down to Strawberry Bank, the infamous walk where I took Tom to Blass, and he was upset with me for getting his sneakers dirty. <laughs> yeah, I, today I learned George does not stay on the path. He's all about the cross country. <laughs> I'm pushing my stroller and like. I used to think that the, I used to think Tom DeBlas was always angry, but I realized it was always because he was just around it's you. It's only when he's around me. <laughs> it's just oh, he's with George again. It is true. I sometimes irritate my friend Tom. <laughs> I think you like it. I think you're having a little Napoleon thing going on. Ah, there. I love him. We have a he's good time. Massive, powerful. Yes, you know, no uh, doubt. ADCC competitor, winner guy. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, and then you're, you, you know, you basically come up to his, the top of his thigh. So, yeah. yeah. It's, so Nelson brings up an important point that I learned about myself recently. I do tend to wander amongst wherever. I don't follow the path. I'm like, look at these flowers. Like, just walk right next to him. I'm like, there's a path over there. I'm like, he's like, no. He's like, you need bigger wheels for your stroller. That's what the problem is. <laughs> It's true. This is true. I think you need to take a look at the man in the mirror, George. <laughs> I am right now. This is this is why we do this. I'm learning about myself. I took him through the gardens. You can't just walk on the path in the is gardens. Is this just you and Nelson? No, this was all of okay, us. Okay, I get you. Uh, <laughs> although like, it yeah, was romantic. <laughs> took a walk amongst flowers. <laughs> I also took him to, uh, so we went to, we saw the drawbridge. We saw the, we went to the... By him, you mean them, right? This is the family, right? Yes, yeah, okay, I took right, the family. Right, right. Um, the puente, if you will. <laughs> is that the plural? That's nice. Uh, puente says it's just a mouthful, you know. I took him to the, we, we saw, that's Leo saying what's up to everybody. It's like... He's excited. <laughs> <laughs> he loved the tour. Leo was happy. Do I need to do my job for you? Okay, so yes. here we have today. So, for the fourth time possibly in Great Northeast BJJ podcast history, we're visited by my friend Nelson, his wife Hillary, and newest addition to the Panda Clan, Leo. So why do you call it the Panda Clan there, George? Inverted gear. I don't know. So where did the Panda thing come from? Like, well, how did you become the Pandas? Your, your listeners know this story, but we cover it every time. Every, probably. 
But I actually, I actually know it because he was on the podcast. <laughs> right. I think Hillary told us last time. So. so the quick the quick breakdown is that was the logo for my jiu-jitsu school because my students were obsessed with a panda guard. That's when like you wrap around your like legs and arms around somebody standing. Like around both legs? Yep. Like you call it sitting guard. Like yeah. Sitting guard. Yeah. Koala guard. Yeah. And then, like you, you, you shin, you're either around it or you get your shins on the inside, right? Yep, yep, yep. Shin side or whatever, yeah, right. When did when did this occur? <laughs> you would think, George, of all the guards, that would be when you would be really good at. <laughs> 2012. I'm a big De La Hiva guy. No, because you could get right onto somebody's shit. Just hug it. <laughs> just hug it. I do that from. That's my stand up. That's my takedown technique. Be, Travis could stand up and just shake you out. Get, 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 off, get, get off my like. Yeah, uh, this all started around 2012. I think one of the big reasons we started was around 2012 was kind of like the heyday of all the affliction, tap out, extreme couture era, and a lot of the MMA, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu brands were kind of like following that path. I I still have like my, um, like even like IVJJF Worlds had a black shirt with like silver lettering right, and I was right. like this is awful like what's happening like even IVJJF was falling to this so like, you know we kind of went the complete opposite way we're like you know jiu-jitsu guys look like accountants yeah it, like it, we shouldn't be following the tough guy crowd right so we went with like you know cute upside down panda it was the first gi I didn't know shit all about you or anybody else I came from judo and I took like four years off so I'm like ah really want to get this jiu-jitsu thing I think I ended up getting a, uh, I just got like a, a a Keiko or whatever just to get, well, it was black. And of course, I left it in the back of the car the first day so that it was like all smelly. So I had to bleach it. So I'm like, fuck all this stuff. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get a good gi. And I uh, remember just the guy, I was training with a bunch of, this is uh, down in Providence. Everybody was really like badass and super tattooed and all that. And I'm like, I'm going to troll the hell out of these guys because I'm the old guy. And I don't have any tattoos. So I'm like, hmm. Then I'm like, oh, look at that. It's a panda. This is going to be great. But it was fucking, this is a great key. Uh, I'm not going to train with you guys tonight, but I was going to wear my panda armor. It is my favorite key. I love that. It's so heavy. It's the heaviest all, thing. All so the OG good. judo guys have flashbacks to like oh. the reversible yeah, Adidas you know. geese. You know. You know. You, 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 <laughs> yes. you do judo guy, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, those old Adidas uh, comp, whatever, the comp something, whatever it was. Those were the best because you couldn't even like no. wrap your hand I really have, around. The, I have flashbacks the, of the, trying the, to do like a choke on like my fingernails just bending back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still have a problem with like my, uh, like a regular old Morote Seway because if you pull back on my arm, it still hurts from my getting my hand caught in those keys so many times a million years ago. But the panda armor, man, that is it. I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke on, on these guys. It's just a perfect gi. It's heavy, but it's perfect. Just a perfect gi. Isn't the place you were training in Providence, Tim Burrell? Yeah. Wasn't he, really wasn't he like he known as the actually, panda? Yeah. He right. was a super sweetie. Yeah. He wasn't, t- didn't teach all the classes. Some of the other classes got a little, uh, got a little bro just because there was a UFC guys and, you know, these guys are training really hard, people from all over the place, and they just didn't have a lot of time for new guys, you know. On his classes were very super good and super respectful, and he's a, a great guy. No negatives, but uh, yeah. And then I got, what did I, 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 in fact, I think I might have to stop wearing, I have one of your older, uh, super, it's like a 
it's not really ripstop, but I, I'm sorry, I don't speak your language there, but it's a light, light key, and it has the green epaulets, you know, mm-hmm. the green yeah, yeah. shoulders. I've worn that thing out to death because that's like my summer gi, you know, whenever that's I can. A, that's a gold weave. Yeah, and I go and, and I, I, I probably shouldn't do it, but I wear it, I bring it home, I wash it, dry it, and then wear it the next day. I just wear the same one over and over again, but that's a, that's a killer gi. What's the difference between the weaves? Um, depends on the weave. So the different models would be different weight. So what the weight refers to is the amount of cotton in the weave itself. So you got to think about it is if we have a, foot, a square foot of weave, uh, there'll be a weight to it. So like how much cotton is in the square foot. So the thicker it is, heavier. So there's more cotton in it. Yeah. So the more cotton it has, it's going to be less gift to it. It's going to be more durable. Uh, it's going to be less shrinking because there's like less chance of it to shrink it down since there's like so much material in there. So, so there's like, like that, when you look at a weave, it will say GSM. That stands for grams per square meter. So is gold weave, is that, that's not just a jujitsu thing. Is that a like a cotton industry thing? or Cotton industry thing? Uh, yeah, it's found in a few things, but it's mostly used for like martial arts. And then you like, and then the gold weave, and then whatever weave. There's like you have like the different patterns that have been used forever, and a lot of these came from judo. Yeah. And then like you know we've been trying to bring back like the like the little uh, you know like those cool judo jackets have like the di- like the little diamond pattern. Yeah, on the bottom. Yeah. No. Is does it matter where the cotton comes from? You know what I mean? No, as like, long as as long as you have a good high quality cotton doesn't matter where it comes from and then like that's one of the things you worry about is uh price of cotton is one like you know the variables you look at when you look you're like in the manufacturing business it's like that's one of like you know you fix costs and then we one of the things we want to work with is like a lot of uh, most factors are in pakistan now like you know pakistan is getting it's getting a little crazy so like you know a lot of companies are trying to get out of pakistan uh, so we're looking into like either going to like China, Cambodia, India, like you know, overseas. More, it's really expensive to make keys in the U.S. Uh, Shoros made a few keys in L.A. The guys in Maine, um, mm-hmm. Origin, Origin makes yeah. keys, but it's just I don't know, like you know, I, 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 he, I, I he's have shocked. A, I have a five a month old. You can hear in the background. It's like I'm not ready to set up a factory <laughs> in Allentown, Pennsylvania, right now. You know. So we're looking, we're looking, always looking for alternatives and like you know, making making a good product. But one of the things we we're talking about is making maybe trying to go to Peru. Peru has really good uh, cattle manufacturing; and they make really nice clothes. Yeah. So maybe getting it down there, uh, they do have very nice cotton. Like they grow the cotton in Peru. Yes. And then they have like the, very the, the weaving. The weaving, yes. Um. Is it uh, so when you when you do that, you you must have to go through customs to come in. Yes, we have a Is broker, and the broker like you know files all the paperwork and has all the codes, and it it is a very stressful thing. So like, <laughs> even the baby's upset when he talks about it. Yeah, he can't take. He doesn't like customs. It it drives him crazy. Um, so I have a daughter that's seven now. This is you guys' first child. What first baby? Yes. What has what what's changed in the in the panda life now that Leo's here? Now we're lucky. We get two training sessions in a week. 
Yeah. Like the weeks we get three training sessions, it's like, oh my God, so much training this week. Yeah. So what's been working is we're alternating nights. So if I train on Monday night, Hila would train Tuesday night and then we'll swap the following week. Uh, we do. I we did spend some money and set up a gym in the basement, and then that's been keeping us sane. Nice. It's easy to you know get away for an hour downstairs. Uh, I got a rower, uh, Concept Two rower, Concept Two ski erg, and the Rogue Echo bike. And then between those three things, he's alternating. And is that some. is that like the assault bike or whatever? Yep. yep. Oh God, that thing's horrible. Yes, but we we try not to go too crazy on like the like hard sprint and aerobic stuff, but like do more like longer steady pieces. Yeah. Um. So this is like the first. This is the furthest away from home. Yeah, this is the furthest away baby Leo has been. Uh, we're about six hours away from Allentown, Pennsylvania. His previous record was three and a half hours. We were like visiting friends in Maryland. And he has been doing a lot better on his car seat. It's something he struggles with, which is which is something I, I never thought of before having a child. I was yeah. like, oh, you know, you put him in the car seat, they fall asleep, you go anywhere. Apparently, it doesn't work that way. I learned that the hard way. I think that every child is different. Even though everybody wants to tell you, like, this is how it is, every kid has his own or her own, like, little thing that they like and don't like. And uh, you don't know until you get into it. Right. Like, once you think you find a routine, he's going to change it up on you. He's going to be like, surprise. Yeah. Like, it's not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he came early, six weeks early. Yes. Yes, he was here six weeks early. Did you train for a lot of your pregnancy? Any um, of it? I probably trained more than... Kelly, you want to get on the microphone? Here, here hold on. Sorry, I was too far away before. Now um, we can. Now we can. Now people can hear you. Oh, you okay? I didn't know you guys got the headphones on. I don't. Sorry, um, but yes, I did train probably up until about four months. Five, I think five months. I was still on the mats, drilling, doing. I did a lot of mobility exercises and like jujitsu drills on my own and body <coughs> weight stuff. Um, but I, I did stop sparring like by four months. And then, um, hi, Leo. Hi. And then, yeah, it was really important for me to stay as active as possible during my pregnancy. Um, while I was, when we first found out I was pregnant is when Nelson got on his super, I'm going to lose weight. <laughs> I'm not going to get that dad bod or I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to build the home gym. So we, we have a place to go when he comes and. So it kept me really honest <laughs> in my whole diet and exercise routine as well. I mean, as much as I could, like within reason, you know, didn't want to uh, make things risky for the pregnancy or mm -hmm. anything. But it was important to stay active, you know, have a healthy heart, keep a healthy body weight so I could come back sooner too. Um, still try to keep my routine as similar to what it was as possible so I can bring it back when I'm ready to bring it back and... Yeah, I um, I think the hardest thing for me now though is is the breastfeeding. It's it, it's challenging. Like it like that's another energy sucker yeah. in itself. Not just taking care of Leo, but taking care of myself so he's fed. It's um, some days just super tired, you know. So you said um a few times you went 
you breastfed him right before you walked out the door, went straight to practice without eating something. Oh, man. You feel like yeah. you're dying. Yeah, and just like staying hydrated enough too. Like I have to drink probably three times as much water as I'm used to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's different, but I guess I, I probably don't even remember life much before Leo. Right. <laughs> now it's just like it's the new normal. And it's it's good, right, baby? Yeah. <laughs> the little smiles he gives mean everything. <laughs> Super smiley guy. Super smiley, yeah. He was the he was the hit of the restaurant today. All the old ladies oh loved him. They all loved it. One thought he was a girl. Yeah, one what she's so cute. <laughs> what? Yeah. That that woman needs to put her glasses on. Seriously. She, yeah. I hope she wasn't driving. I feel like a lot of hair too. Like he's got a nice head of hair. He's already had a haircut, I heard. Yes, he did. He had his first haircut at three months. Yeah. Because it was already past his ears. Um, he, yeah, he came out with a full head of hair, never lost it, just keeps growing. <laughs> so, like, after you gave birth, um, when when was, like, when could you start training again? Um, well, this, I guess the standard recovery time for me was the doctor wanted me to take two weeks off my feet to heal. Um, that was hard enough. <laughs> it was hard hard to not be busy around the house and... Just always want to like be doing things for Leo and walking him around and like rocking him and um, wanted to get back on the rower as soon as I could. And so I guess like I could have been back on the mats like after like those two weeks. Like I got a they, full clearance no, they, after they, I had my checkup. They but clear you for cardio after a month. No, they said I could train. No, they did not. <laughs> <laughs> she might have heard something yeah, else. You were, you were but, here. It's like the, the way I heard butt. it. Like, like this is a new like, like, like I said, like the breastfeeding and the sleep schedule. Like, I just I needed I did need more time. So I didn't really I didn't get back to jujitsu probably for more like a month. How long at a time at a whack does he sleep like normally? So he's still he was. He was feeding probably every two to three hours, sometimes cluster feeding, so it would be only an hour. It, it was crazy, but now he's a lot more stretched out, um, more like he f four, flirts with five. First, the first time he made it seven hours was last night, actually. But um, That's a good, that's a good, it's uh, more sleep than I got. <laughs> well, it, yeah, not like we slept, but... right. Cause sometimes, sometimes when he's sleeping, that's the only time I can get work done, or pay a bill, or. Cause you guys still are sitting there running a company, while he's—I'm he, sure he's helping tremendously. Yes. He's the intern. Yeah, yeah. He—he'll help me with chores, but he's not very helpful when it comes to the computer. <laughs> <laughs> if if I don't have like one hand on this guy, sometimes he's like, "Hey, I'm over here." over here play with me play with me say and he's not really crawling yet though right no he's he rolls he'll do his log rolls he does gramby rolls yeah, yeah. <laughs> he rolls around but he's not quite moving <laughs> moving crawling yeah I, sometimes i wonder if he's just gonna skip crawling right to standing the way he like skip it and just start walking and running the way he likes to stand up so you guys pretty much run this thing out of your house, like inverted gear, right? Like the two of you, or is there another? So we run 
a lot of things, yes, run out of our laptops. Uh, we do have a warehouse. Uh, we call a fulfillment company. It's not, we don't own it. We pay for the service of getting, like, you know, all our inventory stored there. And then orders come in and then they're shipped out. Uh, we do have guys that help us. Uh, when, uh, you guys remember Matt? Yeah. Matt helps with the the whole marketing and social media thing. So does uh, Marshall Carper, uh, Artichoke Media. Yeah. Those guys help out. Yeah. They have, they have helped us immensely with the um, social media marketing aspect. Um, and that's, that's about it. So yeah. before we get on the, on, on the radio, uh, on the mics, we're talking about White Belt Wednesday on Reddit. White Belt Wednesday on Reddit, yeah. So actually, my Matt was just messaging. Me. I got to message him back. It's like, so, are, we, are we filming tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. So, so top level on this Reddit, we're talking about RBJJ, right? RBJJ, the Jiu Jitsu okay. subreddit, correct. Do, do you guys have something to do with that subreddit? Uh, Matt, Matt, does, Matt right? is one of the moderators. Ah, one Matt, of the moderators. Matt yeah. is as nerdy as it comes. <laughs> I think he moderate. He's been moderating like forums yeah. since he the was the first forum, 14. right? Yeah. I mean, like if you look back, Matt is one of the first one of the first people that was posting. If you look back at like technique videos, you can find like stuff of like Matt as a blue bell posting like half car stuff because he had ac- like he knew how the internet worked. He had access to like a nice camera. Back in like you know 2005 2006, right? And like you look, if you go back there, like no one else was really posting jujitsu videos. Everything else was like still like BHS form, right? So Marshall, Marshall, I'm familiar with because of the book he wrote, yes, Cauliflower Chronicles, right? Yes, yeah. How did you? Is he from that area? He's from Pittsburgh. Oh yeah. And I got, I met him through somebody because they invited me to go out to Pittsburgh. He's like, oh yeah, like some of your town, like maybe we can have you for a seminar, talk to this guy. Yeah. And then I met, uh, we, we talked a little bit and then the, um, they Artichoke released a video game that they had, that video game app. I don't even remember what it was called. I'm a terrible friend. <laughs> so we, we actually sponsored it. I was like, this is really cool. So like we got like, um, they had like the GoFundMe thing. So when they GoFundMe, you got like one of the, the sponsorships and like like the better gear logo flashes when you go into the app and yeah that's how we met and eventually i was like hey like you know i could really use some help with my marketing social media and he's been a great help to the company for sure nice. almost looks like we know what we're doing now it really does so what's white belt wednesday oh yeah so white belt wednesday uh every there's like a sticky thread, so you go to the Jiu-Jitsu subreddit. Uh, this thread is at the top of the list every week, and it's White Belt Wednesday, so White Belts go there and ask very White Belt questions, like what uh, I keep getting Americana from Mount, or uh, there's a famous one, like somebody asked, what is Neon Belly, N-E-O-N? Oh, because yeah. like <laughs> neon, someone got <laughs> trolled. Right. Yeah, they just seriously. brought you the troll. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have a band called Neon Belly. Yeah, so like um, it. you know, stuff like that. And for a while, people were like, you know, it's been going for a, the trend's been there for a while now. But the problem was, Bibles would ask very specific questions, and then people would try to answer them in text form, and then I'd be in like three, four paragraphs, and like you know, this person asking the question was. It's a white belt most of the time. Sometimes, like, you know, upper belt sneak in there. It's okay. Right. And 
they just would read something and then like you know in their mind's eyes really not clicking what they're being told so we came Matt came up with the idea is like why don't we just film these so they actually see what they're doing wrong and uh the the questions like you know our answers um are men for white belts so like we know we keep it very simple uh straight to the point very short we get comments all the time this is too simple it's supposed to be though it's like it's like it's supposed to be thank like, you don't ask <laughs> right. call back on purple belt wednesday because right. right now it's white belt wednesday purple belt friday it's yeah. like purple sorry belt. it's not a double reverse inverted burning bolo right but yeah. like you know that's we're just trying to get from point a to point b for this guy we had uh, majid on last uh last episode and majid's famous for his uh, baseball choke and we actually sat around and watched how to defend Majid's baseball choke videos with Majid, right? And like everybody does all these dumbass things, and they're like decent, they're like they're pretty good, but the ideas are good. But so I'm like, how do you, how do you defend the baseball choke? He goes break the grip. You, know, you, you just the answers to so many things are really quite simple. Yeah, you know, I noticed in your uh, you guys doing your videos, I watch your videos. A yeah. lot of the answers are just. But the thing is, in the right breaking, place, like, do the right like, thing. Yeah, like Majid is like, oh yeah, you break the grip. It's like, I was like, anyone seen Majid's hands? No, that's oh right. my I'm god! I, I was trying to. I didn't want to take over completely. His the next comment was, and you're not going to break my grip. Yeah, so yeah, no. That's where the joke was. Yeah. Yes. Right. He was telling me about you know I forget where, but somebody somebody did break his grip, but it ripped his gi. Like no, no, his hand right. like stayed on the grip, and the gi just like shredded. Yeah. We rolled the roll, next roll, day, and I was like. I'm just it's not gonna happen right this is fun we're just having fun he's a monster but it was great We I, I made it a good maybe minute and 15 seconds and then it was just like you could just see it coming and you're like god I, yeah, I didn't I, care you could have done anything else but not when, that there when is. I trained with Majid was like uh, Brad's camp Brad Wolf's was in camp in Mexico which yeah. if you can make it down there is amazing amazing so he was there and I think he had uh, a hand injury or something, and then like that was the time he was working like those straight armbar setups. Oh yeah, yeah. from the from the back. Yeah, like he's like he gives back. yeah he gives like half his back, Dude. and then you just catches your arm from whatever angle. And Dude, that shit. I'm I'm just I'm blue belt me, but that shit worked. No, he got, he hit it on me five times in three uh, days. Like I go teach me that. Oh yeah, yeah, so yeah and then it's kind of like and then like oh. you're like okay, I know what he's trying to do, but I then. Know. He just keeps doing jujitsu until you have to at one point yeah. like wrap your arm around them. You're like, oh no, yeah. And then there it is again. I just remember like being like, this is so annoying. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it, plus you, but you just said the magic word, which is sure. These are two great things, but you also have to do jujitsu yeah. so you don't get killed while you're waiting for these things to come along. Yeah. yeah. Because he's patient. Like he'll. Because yes. you're after he does it to you two or three times, you're like, all right, I figured I'm, I got gotcha. you. We talked about, that, and yeah. then like he lulls you into forgetting about it, and you forget about it after a few minutes until you're back on his back with your arm wrapped around him, and then you're tapping, and you're like, oh. Do you mind if I just ask? Do it, a couple please. Of so it's like, so you competed on some really high levels. Like when you're doing that, one of the things I picked up from, um, you know, Majid and some of the other guests that have been on, which is that when you're competing on that level, a lot of the times you really do know what the guy's jam is. The guy knows what your jam is. I mean, are you going into that going, you know, try it anyway, motherfucker, this is going to work. Are you going in? Are you as, as loose as going, you know what? We're going to see what this guy gives me. I'm going to go. Or are you going to go? No, this is my jam. I'm going to rock this until I get my jam. 
and maybe every then and then something comes up. Like, how does that strategy work in your head when you're competing? Like, like there's that? there's different definitely different schools of thought. Thought like how how do I want to go about this? But a lot of times, you, as a competitor, you have your A game, and you spend so many hours in your A game that like okay, this is what I'm gonna do, right? At the same time, you gotta have an idea in your head being that. If my A game is not working, I, at some point, like let's say I have an eight-minute match, I've been trying to do my A game for six minutes, it's like, okay, do I stick with it? And like, you know, or do I just try something else? Um, I remember like competing at Pants and I had, like I was very comfortable sitting out from Del, uh, from Del Hivagar and hitting single legs from there. And I ended up, I, I went for a foot sweep. I got taken down. It was like brown belt. It was like the first round. And right. it was like six minutes in. And I'm like, I've been on the bottom. I'm down two points. I cannot, like this guy's just smashing my guard. And I'm like, he's not getting advantage. He's going to get anything, but I cannot get anything going. He has like really good pay, base. Right, you can't get something going. I can't get anything right. going. I can't get anything going. Like, you know, that's be my A game. That's be my A game. I was like, okay, there's two minutes left. I just like stood up and just actually took him down from standing. Right. Right, which is awesome. Which is awesome. I like, and then I, I win in the match. But if I yeah. like, you know, if I used to, in my head, like, you know, if I used to stuck with like, no, this is what I do. This is my jam. I would have lost the match. Well, I mean, there's a there's an interesting thing happening, right? Because I mean, we don't we don't have a you know a 300 member club here, but a lot of the times, what we see on a day to day basis is someone who's super high level rolling with someone who's not so super high level, right? So that guy's game or gal's game is going to have like it they're going to be messing with a bunch of stuff you're not really seeing the a game right then when you look at black belts in academies you know training with other black belts unless you're in that competition week and you're in one of these big academies it's again you're going to have one really super high level one some of the other ones there's very few times where someone who's not competing in that in that sort of situation gets to even see two really high level black belts really going after it yeah. i mean and that's i i don't you can tell that there's a lot more going on and it sucks to just have to leave it there i like to hear about that i mean if you know you go in like you're you can throw you're a thrower yeah and a lot of guys who just won't throw yeah i mean the this is the thing is like i remember um my academy was used to be affiliated with Alliance uh, before a, a lot of changes happened, like last few years, and a lot of people left. Right. But I used to go down to Atlanta for the um, the pan camps and like the world camps. Right. And like you know, it's it like Lucas, Tarsis, Leo Nogueira, Cobrinha. Right. That's all these a mat people that you on the mat. Like like five year, like yeah, like yeah. five year gel. Like I remember one year, five year gel was working on. This very specific folding pass, getting into mount, and then doing the straight armbar when you finish with your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he run through the room. Just on that. Just on that. Fuck. Like, folding pass, mount, and then, like, we get everyone, like, the stupid armbar where, like, your head stuck, like, you know, your arm stuck next to your the head. The ones that guys like you look at me and go, you shouldn't get caught with that. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, shouldn't I? You shouldn't get caught with that, right? <laughs> yeah, so, like, like, you know, five years, like, all these, like, guys are, like, Plays that worlds at that year are like purple, brown, black belt level. Right. Five good gel, you just hit the same yeah. little move it's on everybody. coming at you right now. We're counting three, two, one. Yeah. Like I remember uh, like Michael Lange, like around like 2010, 2012, was like nobody could pass his guard. Yeah. So he's getting an interview. Like, oh, it's like, you know, people think you have an unpassable guard. It's like, yeah. what, what you think about that? It's like, oh, it's not unpassable. Like, you know, five good gel passes it every day. Yeah. 
and it's weird, it was right? like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like when you, like you know f- like training with Fabio and training with some of those guys. I got to train with like Lucas Lepri when yeah. he was in New York before he moved down to Atlanta. Now yeah. he has his own academy in uh, North Carolina. But like training with Lucas is kind of like no matter what you do, he's like two steps ahead of you, and then like yeah. you just feel constantly out of positions. And he's just like moving his feet and doing like this little like hand hand motions to like break grips and like stay ahead of what you're doing is like the most annoying thing ever. So like like I we're talking about don't relate at all. Like we're talking about like you know <laughs> you're trying you're trying to play your A game, but then like you you try yeah. to go with Lucas. You're like oh I'm gonna do this thing, and yeah. then like you're never in the position to do the thing you yeah. want to do. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, this is kind of for the more thinker type like me. That's where I want to be someday. I mean, but I say that, but I uh, without being without my horn i mean i am like that with some people new guys come in i'm i'm that guy so i guess there's always that right there's but i just like the idea that on that really high level especially when it's it's really tight rules you know you you, you got you, it's a tournament you you took a lot of time to get there you put the training and you go get it that it you can't just say i'm gonna just win you, you gotta really pull that apart and i wish people would talk a little more about that as they you know as they go i mean um a good example was at one point uh, Gianni used to be Henso Gracie right. uh, competitor and Danaher used to coach him and Danaher and Gianni would have had a notebook right. and before the tournament they would go through his entire bracket all the possible matchups and they would take notes on every matchup like that was like you know one, of the, one of the more extreme examples of, yeah. of that well, I mean, I'm like to, yeah. cer- to a certain point like every competitor does it like everybody knows the the Google yeah. the Google foo right. and then the other thing the, the thing that I tell my students all the time is you, I don't especially like blue purple veil like, like they don't compete very much it's like they get in their head it's like oh I lost to this guy right. and then this guy beat the guy I lost to so there's no way I'm gonna beat him Right. It's like that, like you know, jujitsu math doesn't work because, yeah, like you know, styles work, yeah. styles yeah. make the fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's funny. I mean, if you go to the local high school, you know, and you check out the, well, I don't know, whatever their basketball team, and their basketball team is gonna be keeping notes on all the other teams. I mean, it's yeah. like if, if anybody who's taken there any real piece of work seriously, you can. If that's what it takes, take a notebook. I mean, that's not asking too much from somebody. Yeah, like I mean, I mean, like as the deeper you go into a sport, the more X's and O's you're gonna get. Well, yeah, right. I mean, uh, I talk, I talk with Riley about a lot about this, and the the deeper you get into any sport, the more. Um, the more sporty you're gonna get into it, like not uh, like very specific moves are gonna work. Like that's why like Berimbolo, Berimbolo works in the in the rule set of the IVGJF. But the same move, like you know, might not work if the rules were different. Like you like you don't see judo guys doing Berimbolo, not because it's not effective. It's just in judo rules, it doesn't work. Same, like, you know, if we go to Abu Dhabi, people don't do Berimbolo in Abu Dhabi because the rule set, I mean, some try, like, the Miao gets pretty far with it. But, like, you know, it, more and more, like, people are like, you know, if, you, if you're going to go Abu Dhabi, it's like, at some point, you're going to have to wrestle because that's the way the rules are. Well, I mean, I just saw, uh, it's interesting as younger people start um, watching the EBI kind of stuff. 
they get focused on it. Which is a, another way the rule set dictates. Well, right. What I was going to say was you get, you get younger people are starting to commentate, you know, or, or say, hey, this happened. So I watched like, a, and I, I didn't, I didn't even watch it. I just read like a little breakdown of what happened at this uh, recent uh, team competition that they had under EBI rules and 10th Planet won and all that. And I'm reading the verbiage and I'm not talking about 10th Planet talk. I'm saying, you know, this guy, you know, pulled to Ashi, went for the hook, rolled, came out with the 411, came back to the Ashi, came back, da 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 da. And I'm reading this whole thing and going, like, there's pro I've been doing this shit for a long time, not just jujitsu, but judo. There were just a whole list of, of techniques that just don't, they didn't really come forward in this whole thing until very recently. But I meant, like, the whole list. You grab the door. Oh, grab yeah. The door for yeah, thanks. <clears throat> and that whole list was like, I don't know. It just, there were very few things on the list that were like, oh, and then it's like DJ Jackson passes the guy, gets the side control, and goes for Kimura. And I'm like, I just spent, you know, the last four years of my life working on pass the guard, side control, go to Kimura, the kind of thing. And it, it really does feel like there's a different sport coming along here. I'm not that it's different from jujitsu per se. I mean, I realize if you back up a little bit, this is all part of the bigger jujitsu. But the whole description of the whole thing, and then this one came in and one with this and this and this, and it's the the list of things that happen and the number of techniques that are just not part of normal gi jujitsu, I mean, Jeff, gi, gi jujitsu, was really uh, shocking. I, I'm realizing I'm talking to people that have had this, you know, They've had this epiphany before, but for me, it was a big one. Like there was very little stuff that I recognize in my game at all. It was just a different whole approach. Double sit, go for the ankle. I mean, yes, that's the other thing too is um, the double sit thing. I mean, you see in gi jiu jitsu as well, not only a no gi thing, right. because the way the rules are set up is like there's really no value for the takedown. So why are we even bother? Right. And if it, and if I'm really good at, at takedowns, the guy can just negate my entire game by sitting down, which doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously biased, you know. Yeah, but the the whole leg lock thing, the interesting thing is you can trace that back to judo and oh, like Jigoro Kano, absolutely, because yeah. he's like this really dangerous, yeah. and like his guys were getting injured. He's like, we're gonna take yeah, that pull out. Pull it out, yeah. We're gonna take it out, and then you know. Uh, his students, like you know, you can, we can trace back our lineage and, like you know, the graces learned from Maeda and Maeda yeah. showed him what he showed him, and the same, like you know, leg locks, leg locks were to a certain point, you know, they're still they were part of the curriculum back there, and like you know, there's always uh, like people like to troll people, which show, there's like a video of like Helia doing a heel hook, yeah, of course, yeah. So by the IV, by the IVGF taking him out. Uh, it was like around 2007. Like there was like a whole generation where, like we were like so scared of like getting yeah. getting disqualified for uh, ripping the leg, right. and like so many schools just ignored that part. Right. That it created a gap, and then when the modern leg lock guys started going at it, it just shifted everything again. Well, I think there's 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 another angle to it too. We're lucky at our school. There's always been some form of leg locks, regardless of gear, or whatever. It's a really open sort of system, right? So I understand that it you see it coming and all that. I guess what I'm getting at is that, like, if we're in a gi and George goes after the leg, I'm going to grab his, you know, collar. I'm going to pull him close. Start right there, you know, just basic, simple stuff, right? No gi, you don't have that. You got to have different, you know, technique. I guess what I'm saying though is it seems to get it's getting to the point where there's this system. 
that these guys are using, at least under that rule set, is just kind of taken off on its own little hot air balloon. It doesn't have anything to do with passing. It doesn't have anything to do with takedowns. It's just sort of a, a different sort of thing. I'm not complaining, by the no, way. No, 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 it sounds no, like no. I'm, I'm complaining. I'm not. No, it's no, just, no, for sure. It's a I little mean, bit of a pain in the ass to think is, I have to go learn all this shit. Like, but, it's <laughs> definitely, um, what was the word, like, an evolution if if you yeah. will i mean like there's there's been things like like yeah it's been there for years but like now it's been systemized and one of the f- one of the reasons it's kind of popular is the modern guys are doing it from positions where people are already familiar with right so guys like for for example like riley's been doing a lot of leg lock stuff for a while but a lot mm-hmm. of riley riley bodycom my friend is is leg lock stuff is from the top Right. And his thing was like, get the takedown, get on top, and then you can fall back into a leg lock or yeah. set up whatever you're doing, like, you know, staying on top. So a lot of jiu-jitsu guys just don't want to do that because they have to be on top to do it. So right. like now these new generation of guys, uh, whether it's the Danaher guys or like Craig Jones, who's like, you know, has an amazing game. You. Yep. is Everything's from the bottom. Yeah. You're, and so we were playing from like a sit-up guard or like a half-guard shell. Like people are like so familiar with it. So like now getting into these entries... Is like you know, it's like, it's like smaller pieces to a smaller piece to add to their game. I'm kind of laughing because you're 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 saying exactly what I'm thinking, which is a lot of this stuff doesn't make sense. But when I see Craig Jones go from the half guard, I'm like, oh, I know the half guard. So it's actually I can make that connection, just like you're saying. It's just it it's funny because like if you go back to early MMA, just early, just uh, you know, uh, freestyle fighting, right? Yeah. A lot of those guys were finishing with leg locks they were finishing with straight ankles and yeah, you see I mean, them sitting there with both ankles pulling on kind of like ebbs and flows doesn't it yeah, and yeah, even I mean, through the beginning like a, it a lot of the stuff we can trace back to like Imanari like, like right, now like exactly, Imanari yeah. roles are popular it's like yeah, yeah. But like you know like Imanari was doing these in MMA like yeah. in the early 2000s yeah contenders a million years ago right? but even like from in the early days of jujitsu judo I think like one one group would be more focused on throwing so the other group would come up would be like Nawaza like yeah, I'm gonna be ground yeah. and so I can beat him there. And then the other group would come back and forth. I like this argument always goes back to what are the rules. Right. Yeah. You know? I like the rules are going to shape the sport. Rules will yeah. shape the sport. Like no matter how you, how you dice it, whatever rules you put in place, somebody's going to figure out a way to game the rules and get, like, you know, get every little advantage they can squeeze totally. out of that rule set. Yeah, I still feel, I mean, there's... Again, I, it also there's you have to cut it by casual or what we call like hobbyists. I mean, I, I feel like I'm, 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 a, I'm more than a casual or a hobbyist guy, but I'm, I'm, I'm certainly, this is not my entire life. I split yeah. my life between music and jiu-jitsu, a number of things, compared to someone who's a professional who just does, this is all they do. Um, you know, you look back, I look back as an older guy when I get hurt. And most of the times that I get hurt is when I hurt myself. Every now and then I'll get hurt because I'm being a dumbass when I think I can, you know, resist something I can't. The last couple of times I get hurt, we're legit in situations where I didn't know what was happening. And that's a little bit hard for me. So that's why I started heading off to the classes where there's more nogi and getting used to it. The last time I got hurt pretty well was on a uh, calf slicer on a truck and the guy's doing it to me and I didn't know he was doing it to me. Like I knew my legs are caught. But I didn't realize how bad this was. So he just went, oh, okay, well, I'm going to... He wasn't like, you know, fuck you, you didn't tap. He was just pulled a little harder. And the first time I figured out that I was being fucking class-lice is because my knee's fucking coming apart right now. That's on me, kind of. But there is kind of a point to that where 
that's not going to happen on my straight arm lock. So I have to figure out a way to kind of learn how to deal with it. And now watching this, it's just, it is a little bit like I'm watching this balloon float away going like, I have to just kind of get my shit together. And yeah. Learn I mean, the, the, the other thing is like now everybody's making that adjustment. Right. So, uh, like you could go, like, you know, we go back, I tell my students all the time, like, you know, I could go through jumping at bands division in Naga in 2008 right. and do a terrible kill hook and win that bands division right, because exactly. no one knows what, what they're doing yeah. and they're turning back into you and fighting your hands and like they're pretty much heel hooking the, they're doing all the work for you yeah. now in order to hit like an out, outside heel hooking competition is really freaking hard because most people know what's up right so that's why you see a lot of people like either abandoning abandon, like abandoning that's a heel hook completely or changing it the way changing the grip the way the Danaher guys do or just sticking to inside heel hooks yeah well I feel and, like and like even then like you know just getting to in, like you know a lot of times if you watch uh, a lot of like early matches when like the Danaher guys were like ripping through people right. they were getting to leg control and people were tapping Right. Because like they, they didn't, they, they didn't know how to deal with anything more, and they knew it was going to be bad. Yeah, they yeah. like they just wanted, they wanted to get the leg wrecked. So like now we we're starting to see more of a battle where like even if they're inside leg control, they're in the saddle, whatever you want to call it, uh, inside yeah. Senkaku, I think they call it. Yeah. And then you see people like okay, like now we have battles to control the free leg. We have the battle to like see if the guy can, like, you know, the guy is going to hide the heel. Yep. So I can't, I, you know, I can't get a dig in order to finish the heel hook. Yeah. So like, you know, all these things are happening now. And like, you're like, okay, like, you know, you can tell now. It's like, you know, both guys know what's up. Yeah. And so therefore they can go deeper into the yeah, system like, before and then, tapping. Yeah, and then the like now, yeah. like, you know, I have, I have friends that train, like they were taking pipes with Dan and her. Like now they're training with John Carson and Eddie in the new gym. And they're coming back and they're showing me like the things are going, they're, they're doing it. I'm like, you're like, you know, it's so deep into the rabbit hole. I'm like, that's what I'm getting. At. I'm like, you know, like I, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I don't need to be that deep into the rabbit hole. I'm like, yeah. it's cool to see it. It's cool to see it. But I'm like, you know, I'm either going to go for it. I'm going to get it. If I don't get it, I'll stay on top. If they're trying to do it to me, like, you know, I know enough to get out of it. Right. But I'm not going to go into this is like counter leg lock battle. There's like three layers deep. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're saying in a much more clear way what I was getting at before, which is it does seem to be like it's its own kind of part of the sport. I think it's this is a it's this is just a something that's a little newer. I think it comes up on the podcast from time to time where there is a difference between someone who does this six or seven days a week and someone who does it three or four days a week. And if you're going three times a week, it's rough just to get part of the curriculum. I mean, over five years, it's. Even if, because especially when you're really good at something, you know, someone yeah. falls really good into side control or really half guard and they hang there for a year. And you're like, dude, you haven't even gone down like the De La Hiva side. You haven't even gone down like any of the standing shit. Well, anything the, with the, pals, the thing is you know? like, uh, I like to tell people is like, that's okay. Like, you know, it, like the way I look at it is like, I'm going to do this the rest of my life. Right. So I was very fortunate where I started when I was 20. Right. I like I was talking to my friend though. He's like, imagine starting jujitsu now, yeah. and just being a white belt and not recovering the way you used to. And like you know, when like you get like all like you know, you're wasting you're wasting so much energy when you're a white belt, <laughs> George, George, and you're so George, tired all the time. Yeah, George is a little bit chuckling at like how 
you're still young too. Yeah, so like, I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. like, I feel like, yeah, right, right. I, my all, yeah, I know like all, all the training partners give I mean, a shit about this. there's a guy who this. just showed up, it was like, I think he's 51, it was like 51, 52, I just, that's another reason why I wanted to go tonight, I was, I wanted to support the old guys, but yeah, I agree, it's, it's, even for me, coming from judo, going to jujitsu, the, in, the onboarding was actually pretty easy, because it was like, yeah, just, you know, get on top, do your thing. If you're underneath to go for the sweep, it's a little different. But at the same time, your your onboarding was easy because you chose not to play bottom. That's what I'm saying. That's right. what. And so actually, when I met uh, Jay, Jay was the first thing Jay said after we rolled. He's like, "All right, listen, you're gonna spend like a year just like yeah. stay off the top. You know, this we're gonna go fast." I said, "How do I get fast?" He goes, "Start from the bottom." But even then, like then you get you know what it's like. You go through yeah. a couple of belts, you get better. You 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 realize you're gonna. It doesn't get easier the better you get, the yeah. harder. And yeah. then you're like, oh shit, there's this whole new world. Yeah, I mean, shit. like I recently changed my game because my hands were getting really jacked up and I was playing oh, a lot yeah. of guard when I was playing, holding like both sleeves. Yeah, a lot of spider. So like yeah. Lo- yeah, a lot of spider, a lot of the Hiva, like, and I was just tired of having my hands like turn into like cloth. So I started like really switching into like a non-grip yeah. dependent game. Yeah. I'm like, you know, fucking rough the first few weeks. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm a black belt and then like I have this purple belt usually I can use sweep left and right and then yeah. like, you know, they get in, they get in around my guard. Like yeah. now, so I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, like I'm in side control and I got to work on this. Yeah. And like, you know, as long as you try to keep, like, you know, everybody says you keep your ego in check. It's like, yeah, like, you know, it still sucks. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. hard, man. It's we all sucks. got some ego. We all have some ego still. But like, yeah, but that's the thing though. It's like, if you look at it that way, there's it's amazing that the rabbit hole gets deeper and deeper and like, you know, it's going like all these different directions. Yeah. So it's never gonna get boring because there's always gonna be something. Point right there. Mm. Damn. Wow. There's always gonna be something we can be like, okay, like I'm like you know, I, on, yeah. I don't want to play half guard anymore. It's like, oh well, shit. There's like, yeah. There's this new guard. Yeah, <laughs> the right. kid, the cool kids it's are the playing. guard or. It's one leg panda guard. I mean, go to go back about what you were just saying though. Like Majid was here last week or whatever. Two, last week, I think, and I was like, I am gonna just commit to doing this choke. Yeah, and, you have and, to, yeah. And I have committed to doing it just to like I want to get good at it. The first, and I I've tried it every round. I'm working what he sh- showed us, and I've been getting my slats kicked in, but it's been but it's good. Of course it is. But yeah. I mean. I'm like, one, one night I was just like, whoa, man, I just got pummeled. But it, it's, it's good and it's exciting. And yeah, it's because like, if you stick with it, it'll... Right. I mean, that, that sounds like it's more like how to learn something new, you know, how right. to really commit to something new. But I'm also telling people, like, if you got a good... We got a good wrestler that trains with us who's a white belt. Yeah. He's not an average white belt because his wrestling not is good. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, man right now you're living and dying by the same thing you're wrestling like give like well he's gonna s- compete in two weeks so we should right. let him do that and then talk to him again after that but he's <laughs> gotta learn he's gotta you gotta give that up a little bit to learn the other stuff yeah. which he's doing that's good well, yeah a, a, a 22 guillotines later he'll he'll stop doing what he's doing well some people it takes more believe it or not yeah, <laughs> But yeah, no, but you make a really good point. You know, I mean, right. I'm I'm not so I'm not really not complaining. It's just it is funny to watch, but you're right. If if that's the case, then then there's a whole world that, you know, you do it for the rest of your life. You always have something to learn. You can always go somewhere else. And the other thing too is like even things you're good at and and moves 
you've been doing for years suddenly somebody comes along it's like oh it's like why are you putting your hand there your hand should be here and then you're like well, that wait time, yeah. oh uh, like why haven't i been doing this for like mm-hmm. you know the last 20 years i got aced a couple weeks ago we were uh, training outside at a special you know it's like a special training out in in maine and uh some guy who I've never rolled with. He's a young, strong guy and whatever. And I'm playing my half guard thing, which I feel pretty comfortable with. And, you know, I get beat every now and then. Um, he just reaches sort of around the back, grabs my the, my uh, lapel, you know, the back of my collar, and just pulls really hard and just passes me to the wrong side. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, what? how is that what? a thing? It doesn't even, it wasn't even hard. I'm like, no, what I realized, no one's ever done it. Yeah. It was like, so there's that too. I think who you train with, where you train, you know, how, how everybody is. If everybody just hangs with that one little game they have, then, you know, even then, they're not even helping you. Like, you there's know? little things I'll do, like I will pass to the right as much as humanly possible because yeah. everybody passes to the left for whatever oh, of course. reason. Yeah. And same thing is like if I play half car, I play half car to the wrong side because yeah, people don't yeah. have reps on that side. And it, like I can tell like some people are like why it's getting crossed as I'm doing things. So I'm just gonna say it out loud. I've, I've asked uh, I've asked a couple of people this, but I'll ask you right there. Do you train shit to the wrong to what maybe even might is not your comfortable side because you know you're gonna have an advantage strategically? Yes. Okay. I love to hear that. Uh, uh, Jimmy like Pedro it's, did it's, that with uh, judo guys. That's yeah, one of the reasons why I threw everything to the left. It was, all came from judo yeah. because one of uh, my first instructors was like, "You should do Sewanage to like you know." Yeah. You should, yep. You off the uh, off the you know the, the yep. collar grip. Yep. Oh, it's fucking great. Nobody sees it to this day. It's the best throw. <laughs> Nobody sees it. That and as as I, as a bigger guy, I really think is a stronger throw. And like I'll teach it to I'll teach that. I'll teach that side to, uh, to jiu-jitsu guys because if you miss the throw, especially like we're talking like drop seven aggies, yeah. if I go lapel side and I miss the throw, I'm full with the guy having a grip on my collar. Right. While if I go a sleeve side, I go for the throw and the guy holds onto the collar, I'm like halfway into a clock choke already. Right. And like in in judo, it's still like you know is bad, but like in judo, you have to turtle for ten seconds and it goes away. Yeah, that's probably. If you miss in jiu-jitsu, you're a black belt. You're like now. It's like this guy has a lapel on you. Big trouble on your back for the next ten minutes. And like and you didn't even fun. get any points. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's creepy. It's also cool to watch some of the high level uh, judo guys come into jujitsu and then start to get better and better and better. Like uh, looking like Travis Stevens. I saw one of his really early competitions and he was, it was one of the meows or whatever, but he just, nobody ever even came close enough to let him get his game going. This is right when he switched over. Yeah. And now he keeps getting better and better and figuring out different ways to do it. Years ago, years ago, I was in the division and, uh, Gary was in it. Travis Stevens was in it. Oh, you were in uh, your division. Rostam, oh, that's awesome, man. Rostam was in it. <laughs> uh, Keenan was in it. We should. We're, we're not pulling it up. I'm not going to pull it up, but that would be fun. That's a stout, stout division. Yeah. Did you? Oh, so you fought Rostam? I fought Rostam a few times. Damn. There's, there's like an Instagram video of me no, no all, almost, no almost there in like Rostam's knee apart. Yeah. Like he's like. His heel is like in front of his hip. Oh <laughs> shit! Like that kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. like he just You're like just pulling it up his back. He's right? like he's like I don't care. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, all nogi, all nogi stuff you're talking about. Yeah. All, it was all yeah. it, it right. was well, nogi. Course, was yeah, I mean, question, yeah. I I grew up in the East Coast. I was very fortunate to have very tough opponents. Even though like like <laughs> they whenever like I went home like God damn it. So this is yeah. Naga or 
this was like uh this was like grappa's quest yeah it was like grappa's quest i fought gary that i ended up fighting gary that day and like we were like trying to leg lock each other and then gary was like we were both not very proficient at leg locks i think like now trying to put like like lock gary like trying to like kind of like putting your foot in a wood chipper right <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not gonna end up well for you but like back like you know back then like it's like we, it was I, new, I, I was showing one of my students the video it's like oh my god it's like you guys don't know what you're doing and i was like back then no one knew what the fuck we we're doing when right, it came right. to legs right that's cool hey you just i i saw on on your facebook or whatever you guys sponsor a guy named john thomas uh macahow yeah john thomas yeah big, big spaghetti yeah he's so he's got some great stuff big spaghetti is he an alliance guy? He yes, he will. Uh, I I was talking how I used to go to Atlanta for the training camps. Yeah, I used to sleep on John Thomas's couch. Nice. Yes, and um, John won worlds blue, purple, and brown. Uh, he's very good competitor. He's probably one of the best open guards, and like he's. Oh, I know the guy you talk about. He's, he's a great instructor. Yeah, like his videos are videos. He's, yeah, he's very cerebral. He breaks yeah. things down very well. And he, it was funny, like when Leandro Lowe just started coming out, he was, he got like very obsessed with like Leandro's game. He was like breaking down Leandro's game. He was one of the first few guys to like figure out a lot of the sweeps Leandro was doing. Yeah. Back then when like, you know, Lucas and Michael Lange were just He has a cool uh, uh, spider uh, pass, spider god pass that I I was, I have on my list of shit to learn that I haven't stirred at it yet. No, he has, he has very good passing. Yeah, he has good everything. I was only saying it out loud because George can't pass Spider Guard. True story. I really can't. Whenever he competes, he ends up stuck in Spider Guard for the entire time. That's the the short guy struggle. Man, seriously, seriously. By the way, I can't pass Spider Guard to save my ass either. I have one pass; it either works or it doesn't, and that's it. So I got. I wanted to add, but yeah, I saw John's pass was pretty cool. It was an interesting way of looking at it. I feel like he's kind of an unknown guy. That's really like I mean, because if it, you're if you're like really nerdy into you just you know you know yeah. you know John Thomas is, and um, it was like I remember being at Worlds and like the, the referees calling him by his nickname, Macahow. like Macahow, like oh he made it. <laughs> and it was like you know he's like this tall lanky white kid from like uh like curly like, hair, like, curly hair, like yeah, yeah. grew up in like St. Louis, but like now it's just like you know international jujitsu star John Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Wow. like the dude like lives in like really cool city in uh, Sweden, Gothenburg, and like you know he teaches jujitsu full time in Sweden. Yeah. Actually, I think I might, I think um, Trenton Cook might have like mentioned him to me. Yeah, or something like yeah, but Trenton Trenton spent some time in Atlanta. That's where he has yeah his black belt from Jack Array. So yeah, for sure. Um, no, yeah, John is super good. Uh, he he should have a. Um, I think he took the year off this year from competition. He has some issues, but like, he I know he's doing Europeans coming up in January and wants to have a big year. Then I think he's due. Uh, I think like you know, la- last time he competed, he's been really close to like you know putting some big results up. So it should be interesting to see. Uh, he's playing this really cool guard, which he told me not to talk about. <laughs> don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. So, like, yeah, it, 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 I'm really excited to see him compete and, like, some of the stuff he wants to pull off. Nice. We'll keep an eye out. Is he uh, Is he an inverted gear dude? Yes, he's very particular, so I'm, like, pretty much you have to make him, like, a special gear because he's <laughs> like, I want this, I want that, and, like, it can't be, like, you know. He's the pro like, model. The pro, like, yeah, the pro, uh, it's called the pro model. 
Like he's like, I cannot have this happen to me because he's talking about uh, this the one I sent him. Because like, he's so long. That's the other thing too. Super long, yeah. So he's like, you know, it can't be past my like my my wrist bone because then I can't circle out when they go like leg lasso. So that's, yeah. that's like a big issue in his division. So we're like getting his gear ready. George, that's it. I just am wearing the wrong length gi. Yeah, yes. that's yeah. why I get caught with the fucking leg lasso right there. I oh. think the last the last two competition matches I've had, I have. Uh, you, gotta, you need the Street Fighter gi, like Ryu. Yeah, kind of like lasso you then. Yeah, yeah, with no sleeves. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Could you make me one? Could that be the George Pro model? We'll make it happen. Uh, no no sleeves, sleeves, dude. Pants the pants only come down to his knees. Right. <laughs> no Toriando. Do you have when? So when you make gis, like. Is it hard to keep them IBJJF legal? I mean, is I mean, it a struggle? That, that is the struggle. Uh, we do have, like, a lot of people are like, oh, you get too baggy. It's like, well, if it wasn't like, you know, like some people want like the sleeves like really tight. I'm like, you're not going to pass a gi check. Right. And at the end of the day, IBJJF competitors are a big part of the market. And like, you know, they do pay my bills. Yeah, sure. They do buy Leo's diapers. Right. So I do have to make those people happy, and like you know, we have to make sure most of the geese are just legal. Like, still we'll make stuff like you know, we have a gray gee, which is definitely not just legal. But most of the or all over the geese are, except like you know, like one funny color are just legal. It's just like you know, it's little things like uh, be careful about the embroidery in the shoulders, embroidery in the pants, uh, the thickness of the material in the pants. Like you know, uh, for a while, companies were making like these really thin ripstop pants. That once you got sweaty, it was like impossible to grab. Yeah, because they, they were nice. like so slick. <laughs> ripstop tops are still illegal, right? I think. Uh, yeah, ripstop tops are not legal right. for sure. Like, like it's funny. Like, um, every time I go to like a glove trotters camp, like everybody has a ripstop. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like I'm doing no gi, and they're they're doing gi. Right. Riddler's got the website up. Are these? The, is that the right? What What happened with the Riley Bodycomb uh, signature there. model? They're there. With the I, didn't he make one with his own art on it though? Like little yes, Dungeons we, and Dragons we, creatures. We, we, I need to. He keeps telling me like you need to print more of those. I was like, okay, Riley. <laughs> okay, we'll get more. <gasps> Look at this. You got him in. Yes. Oh shit. Shorts. Shorts. Came I back. wanted. I only wear black shorts we, anyway. We, 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 and we, we, you we, guys only buy like. Not 34s. No, uh, everybody in the world gets 34s. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, no matter how many 34s the last I get, two times I like, wanted to buy your shit. It's like, no 34s. I'm like, fuck that. Give me a 34. Yeah, oh, I we, should buy we, this right now. 40 bucks, dude. <laughs> I should buy we, it like, we, this minute. We beat the Chinese tariffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or, or or factor was like freaking out about it. We're like, it's okay. He's like, we had to like file all this paperwork. I was like, I don't oh, even I'm sure know. You did, yeah. I don't even know what that is. Freaking nice. out about. Yeah, it's not worth doing. <laughs> the 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 U.S. and China terrorists. Oh, this is my main contract. I understand. My number one right. contract for video right. games is shot in the water, just dead. I've just got oh, no work from right. them. So thanks, America. I love you, <laughs> but what the fuck are we doing? Anyway, move on, right. please. So forty bucks there for I a pair of shorts. That's like that's yeah, not we, a bad price at all. Yeah, we keep it. We keep it. We keep it fair. Yeah, I think it's a good price. It's a really good for price. sure. I'm gonna go get my wallet. Oh, I can do it. What was the what was the other I'm thing I saw up there that looked like a, it was right like now. a samurai panda? <laughs> yeah, so that the samurai stuff, my friend Jason oh, Tyler Grace did it. He is Am the I same th- guy. I don't know if I can. Yeah, is the same guy that did my coist leaf. Oh, nice. Yeah, as a tattoo. Those guy. are great shorts for people that are 20 years younger than me. 
Come on. I think at my age, I think that it's I've I've kind of uh, I've kind of worn yeah. those out. And then like all all these beautiful artwork is done by Hillary, who is yeah. Band of Camo is the uh, is the shit. What how yeah? And so uh, well, you guys you you don't talk about it much. You guys did a uh, a, a a mashup. A Tortuga yeah. slash that was, converted. That was gear. awesome. We need, to, we need to bring that back. Was I didn't get one. Are you kidding? Yeah, I don't have one of so those. So it's oh, funny. Man. George is like, oh, you know, it's so cool. They're gonna do this thing where the panda's like washing his back with these little turtles. I'm like, that sounds really fucking stupid. But whatever, <laughs> you know, I'm not. It's not my thing. I'm staying out of it. I'm your friend. I'm gonna support what? you. And the fuck, if they're great. It's so good. Let me, I'm like, I, I can't imagine how this is gonna look good. Right, and it looks. He was an angry panda. Yeah, that's why he's like, fuck these little turtles. He was the thing. This is this is how cool turtles. it was. Was I was like, hey man, Nelson, do you think we could ever do like a you know something like a rash guard or something? He's like, yeah, dude. How about a how about a panda washing himself with turtles? Like that's. I was like, all right. That sounds cool. So yeah, and then lie. like three days later, Hillary sends me the picture and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, dude. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Or Factor was like so mad. It was like, you were, we were like, we're like, okay, we're going to make one of these. They're like, whatever. Like, we <laughs> made the samples. And then George is like, I want ranked. Uh, and then oh, the, did that suck? No. Well, like the Factory like wants like a big order. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, you yeah. want to like, you know, yeah. 15, 20 Sorry. of each color. That's I got to be honest. Uh, this is going to be rude as fuck, but this is kind of my job sometimes. I got the blue one. I don't, I don't like it much. I just wear the black one anyway. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not a black belt, but it's no gi. There's no belt, so yeah. I'm gonna wear this fucking black one because it's gorgeous. I yeah, like I, the black I, one with the, the red black, writing. Like the like even. I'm sorry like if the, I just pissed everybody. No, it's fine. Even for like the regular like color rush guards, the black and the white are the best sellers. Yeah, but just black, because white, people, and red is so perfect, man. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that one right there, oh, yeah. top right. That one is everybody likes that one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that's easy call. So, yeah. what was the guy's name you know. that did your tattoo in that? Again? Jason Tyler Grace. Uh, shout he's, out he's, to Jason. He, yeah, shout out to Jason. He's based out of Santa Teresa, Costa Rica. Oh, nice. He's a he's a gringo. Went down there, fell in love with the place, and stayed down there tattooing locals. Nice. And it's hilarious. It was like it's like a lot of tourists, and then like you know, there's like a two p.m. bus that leaves like this little town. Like it's because like it's very far removed from uh, it's like um I think it's like a three four hour drive or bus ride back to San Jose which is the capital where like most people fly in and out of so he always tells me like you know he's so used to tattooing fast because he has to beat the two p.m. bus because like you know yeah <laughs> to get this tourist yeah. he's to finish his tattoo before they take the bus that's great but like yeah he does amazing stuff and he is training jujitsu now he's I believe he's getting pretty close to his blue belt nice so shout out to Jason I've heard that the jujitsu scene in Costa Rica is growing. Is growing, yeah. Um, and there, there's some really good black belts in Costa Rica. Uh, Fernando Moya, who's actually a John Danaher black belt, uh, one of the most interesting humans alive. If you really? can get him in the in the right. in the podcast. Like he, he's a Costa Rican guy. He was like living in Denmark. He he like taught at Christian's gym in Copenhagen for a while. Uh, amazing jujitsu. Like I roll Fernando. Like you know, I might be able to take him down, but like no matter what I do, huh. he's gonna armbar me. And like you know, there's nothing I can do about it. Fernando, we gotta come find you. Yeah. Road trip to Costa Rica. We talked about that, right? Oh, I'm in. Doing the um, road trip. So earlier we talked about my favorite place on earth, Puerto Escondido. Yes. Um, Shout out to our friends in Oaxaca. Oh man. 
Oscar and Adrian. Those guys are living the dream. The fresh coconuts after training? Yeah. Don't even. Don't even. I, I just remember, I forget who was there, but it was like one of the guys we brought down. It was like, you know, there's a machete and a coconut. It's kind of like you figure it out. And this guy was oh, like... Oh, no, there were a lot of people when we were there. It was a big seminar, but yeah. We were, we were like, oh, no, this guy's definitely losing a finger. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think my money was on Jay. I thought Jay was going to chop his finger off, but so I think we did it for him. Um, what, um, what do you think about... Uh, Bringing Leo down for the next one, for the next one in Mexico. Yeah, he, he should, uh, in April, around April, he gets like his last, um, no, I don't know if he's the last, but like, um, he should be pretty good with his back scenes. Yeah. So hopefully we can take him down there. I'm like, I just want to, before I take too many big trips, I really want to get him his measles vaccine. Yeah. With oh, yeah. Like crazy. And yeah. then, you know, like all these outbreaks this year. And that is terrifying. I'm sorry. I'm going to take us back like four minutes. So. <laughs> It was cool because we knew that there was going to, we were down in Puerto Escondido and they, uh, we, we saw the coconuts and we we're going to get the coconut and we had a coconut. It was all nice. It was really great. And it was cool too because you're, you're kind of riffing on water there isn't so good. You don't want to drink it out of the tap, right? But what's like the purest water in Puerto Escondido, it's coming out of the middle of a coconut, right? So we're drinking the water. Anyway, so the next morning we get in and I'm beat and I went surfing and I can't even like fucking move. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to train the whole day. And a bunch of us old guys are just whining over in the corner. And uh, Oscar comes by and he's like, um, he goes, hey guys, come with me. Right. And we kind of walk over to the, this is a big seminar, people everywhere. Right. And there's like this refrigerator over on the side. And I'm like, okay, it's 10 a.m. I guess we're going to be drinking Modelo's at like 10 a.m. or whatever. This is going to be fine. Right. And he goes, open it up. And like, all of us are stupid gringos. We have no idea what's going on. He just opened it up. And they were like chilled, like yeah. to the perfect temperature. Yes. It was like 33 degrees <laughs> inside <laughs> the thing. And I pull out the. I pull out the coconut and you cut that one. That was one of the most delicious things I've ever, ever drunk in my life. Yeah, my, my friend Kevin runs a, a camp in Costa Rica in Santa Teresa. And we have, he like hires this local coconut guy. He sells him at the beach and then like, you know, gives him the schedule for like a morning training session. And he shows up with his little cart with the coconuts in a cooler and like same thing, like, you know, they're nice and cold. Come on. And then like he brings the coconuts and he brings ceviche. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, you know, everybody's like, he's drinking fresh coconut eating yeah. a little bit of ceviche after training is yeah. like the most amazing thing ever i remember yeah. like the first time i had ceviche i was like oh what kind of ceviche is this and he's like loro which i'm like loro that means parrot i'm like parrot <laughs> parrot ceviche i'm like parrot i'm like parrot. i mean, like give him like a like a crazy look like are you kidding me <laughs> and then he's I like and he's like parrot fish i was like oh <laughs> and then he's like look at it look at it on your phone it's beautiful and right. i got my phone i'm like i kind of feel bad i'm eating this beautiful fish yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, wait a minute, the guy just took a dead parrot and mixed it with some lime and said, eat this shit. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like, oh, the lime cooks it. It totally cooks it, man. <laughs> As we're sitting here in a rainy, rainy Tuesday night. and Yeah, but you went to Win Lobsters. That's where you have to go, man. It's true. You went the right direction. He did. There, I, yeah. I, had a, I had a fish sandwich, but uh, he did. He had twin lobsters. The, the fish sandwich looked good. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um you guys need to go train? Yeah, we're gonna head. Uh, we're gonna head over to do some jujitsu with Jay Mansfield. Do you have someone else to teach the six o'clock class? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because you're not gonna make it right now. Um, Trevor <laughs> Trevor Stone is back. Oh no! From his vacation. What are we calling Trevor Stone now? Moses. Other than homeless. Uh, homeless Moses. Mo- homeless Moses. Maybe he. This is the guy. So this guy. He just went. He's. 
George's size. Yeah, he's pretty, pretty, he might be even smaller than he me smaller a little than bit. You. I was trying to be uh, nice. No, he's a little smaller. Um, but he he decided like <laughs> a year ago. He was like, I want to uh, I want to prove a point about like people looking and judging people by their looks, or whatever. And he just started growing his hair and his beard out. And he proved oh, no. that point really, really. Yeah, well. <laughs> he, people are like, that guy's homeless. He <laughs> looks like the guy, the dirty man bat. <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> what that's called. I'll get a picture of. Do you remember? Do you remember the the um the the caddy in Happy Gilmore? Yes, he looks like him. Very much like him. He's going to be there tonight because it, it sounds amazing. Yeah, dude, Trevor is amazing. Um, yeah, he's going to be there tonight. He just got back from hiking the John Muir Trail in California. Crazy. He was like gone for uh, for a month. I think he did it by himself too, right? No, he did it with his cousin. Oh, okay. Is he, did he do the Appalachian already? Is that, a, is that in the... No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how he, he did that. I don't think he is. To be honest, he's not even really a hiker. Like, I don't know where he... Came up with the idea. You guys are only carrying around like 95 pounds of, of body, so you can hike anywhere. That's not real. I mean, but you think he has to carry like his body weight in the backpack. That's what I'm saying. His body weight's like 95 pounds. Yeah, well, that's that's 100%. You know, for you carrying around that pack, it's I nothing. Put him on my back. Yeah. Whatever. It's not even but, a big uh, deal. Uh, what was it? Oh, shit. oh, yeah. If you look up and uh, see this nice oh, yeah. seal in here. That it's all soundproofed and rockwooled and homosoded and stuff. See those little, uh, see the, uh, we're looking up at the top of the barn up on the rafters. There's all these boards coming across. That's where Trevor goes when he goes and help me with the, uh, with the ceiling. He's like, oh, he's the one who's going up. He's a great contractor. I'll, I'll do all the work, but I'm not doing the fucking ceilings. And he was a monster. He's up there going, all right, pass me another one. Passing him these four by eight sheets up over my head. Up, and he's just, Puts him up, bam, bam, bam. He's a amazing, amazing young man. Trevor is. Yes, I got a picture coming. He's a he's a poet too. Um, the Riddler got in trouble for playing his music too loud out here in the barn, so they had which, to. Uh, which you, which would be normal for normal people, but if you look here, there are no houses right? within a hundred yards of this place. Goes to show you how loud you were playing it. We were playing really, really loud. I had both <laughs> my earplugs in all the way in against my eardrums and I was wearing the uh, headphones too and it was still really loud. I, you can't control the music. No, no, I wasn't playing loud but when the drummer goes off what are you going to do? Tell him to like calm down. You can't tell a drummer to calm down. <laughs> it don't work that way. You're paying him to not calm down. He's like animal. <laughs> uh, I got the wrong thing. I'm going to get So what's what's uh, is there anything cool coming in the inverted gear pipeline? We have some new geese coming out. Um, we do have the new navy blue just came out, the light pearl. And then we have a new line of bamboo geese coming out at the end of the year. They should be shipping soon. What Now, What's is is bamboo good because it's like naturally? There's nothing natural about the way you make bamboo weave, sadly. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> because like you have to, in order to make a fabric out of bamboo, there's like a very, pretty intense chemical uh -huh. process like but people keep asking us to make a bamboo ghee because fantasy bamboo oh yeah so we have a bamboo cotton hybrid weave uh just bamboo there's been a lot of, a lot of the companies trying have a lot of issues with like ripping or shrinking so we have a hybrid blend it's like you know part bamboo rayon part cotton and then that seems to be like you know i do like it yeah I do, it does feel good feels like you're wearing a nice little sweater nice um 
George, I'm trying to find that picture, but I just can't. Of the like, shredder? Yeah, yeah, I don't know where you put it. I don't know how to um, look for it. But is it on your... Did you post it on your own timeline? It was probably on Port City. I think it was on Not. Port City, maybe. Um, he, he, You're going to see him. You're going to meet my right. friend Shredder very shortly. I can show you a picture of him. Um, it's not the same. Should, should we wrap it up then? Yep. Yeah. Um, so, invertedgear.com. Invertedgear.com. And then blogs up there. I've been taking kind of sabbatical since I've been slip deprived for the last four months. But mm. I hopefully get back to my weekly blogging duties by the time this goes up. The blogs could be interesting when you're sleep deprived. <laughs> Oh, there he is. Oh, that's there, amazing. That's where, that's where he looks like Barry Gibb from and the he, Bee Gees. And he does look like him. And he has a panda gear on. What's yes. That? Of course he does. Shredder. Good man. A lot of us use the panda yeah. gear, man. Yeah. I'm excited to meet everybody tonight. Every yeah. time I wear, the, uh, every time I wear the, the, the panda armor, people are like, where did you get that? I'm like, well, it's inverted gear. So you go to inverted gear. I'm like, it's so yeah, heavy. I'm like, yeah, it's the best. This picture was taken quite a while ago. The, oh, the, he's, tre- he's the shredder you're going to see tonight. Yeah, he does not look like he, that anymore. No, not at all. That's a, yeah, yeah. Not at all. Um, what what else you got going on? Anything else cool coming up that uh, besides your trip to New Hampshire? Yeah, New Hampshire has been... Six hours in New Hampshire? Six hours in New Hampshire. Tell me to good. step off if you want. Are you going to compete again? Uh, I'm, I'm Are thinking, you retired? I'm semi-retired, but I don't know. I'm fi- I'm thinking I really want to compete in sambo and judo again. More sambo. So, more so than jiu-jitsu. Do you train judo with the new rules? The no no nothing below the belt shit? Um, it's I, hard, man. It I is, tried. It, it, I know. <laughs> it's I know. really I, hard. Like somebody that loves kataguruma and pickups. <laughs> uh, I, know. I know it's tough. Nope. But I, I, am, I do want to test myself because I know. You have to time your tegaruma? You have to time it. Like if you have to let this happen and then yes. So like no, I've been working. No. Yeah, I've been working. Is Tegaruma like the fireman's? No, it's no. more you grab the guy by the basically the nuts and pull him up and throw him. Up. Oh yeah. It's like yeah. they half turn in front of you and you reach underneath their their yep. inner thigh and pick him up and flip him upside down. I, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, um, uh, 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 Paul did it to Gary Tonin very dramatically. In I that like throw. He flipped him all the way over. That that was my. I have I have a few like highlight throws. With that's like your. Jam. I'm Tegaruma. guessing that's your jam. Take a room like highlights, but yeah. yes. it's totally your jam right now. If I came in for anything turning, you're gonna just take a room into next week. Like I have a a sambo match. Like somebody came in for a trip, and then like you can see his face going like, oh shit, like Here I'm up in the air. Yeah, both your both your toes. They're the last thing that come off the mat. Your toes go, oh no, and everything is going upside down. So what's Riley been up to? Shooting. Oh, shooting guns! He got, he got really into like sports shooting. Yeah, he's all, I saw about, that. he's all about that bing bing sound. Yeah, that I love. I went to that training camp and and you were there and and at Brad's. Yeah, Brad wants to bring him back. I, I loved it. He was gonna call him this week. That was great. And yeah, he Riley uh, still in Berkeley. If you guys ever uh, Bay Jiu Jitsu Berkeley is where he spends most of his time. And it's really fun to go to the gym and see like these guys. Like you know, he's been there for like two three years now. And guys that just started jujitsu on the Riley and play like you know Riley's game and like they're like such a handful to deal with like you know standing and on the ground with like takedowns like locks and like you know whatever uh, system Riley's been putting them through and it's it's really fun like, I really enjoy going to that gym. I bet I would love to go um, if you ever get the chance to train with him at one of his training camps or anything I would definitely do it. Um, Thanks for coming up, man. Thanks for coming to New Hampshire and visiting us. 
You're welcome. I appreciate it. It was great to meet the, uh, meet the newest edition. We've been talking about making this happen for a while, so yeah. I'm glad, glad yeah. we're able to. Uh, always good to see you, Riddler. You too, Georgie. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Peace.